I'm Alan, and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. Ooh-ah, right down the middle. Ooh-ah, <laughs> right down the middle. Ooh-ah. <laughs> what up, all you cool cats and kittens? I'm Alan. I'm Molly. And I'm Max. And you're listening to Zetus Lapidus. It's a uh, podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie in chronological order. This week, in one of the most drastic tone shifts we've ever been through, we have changed from The Color of Friendship to Alley Cat Strike. Yeah, we have. I like wow. opened this with a little Carol Baskin. Yeah, that was cool nice. Cats and hey, you cool. hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Hey, yeah. let's, like keep, the... let's keep tigers in cages. Remember the <laughs> remember the first two weeks of quarantine when everyone thought it would be fine? It was everyone <laughs> was that. playing playing Animal Crossing and talking about Carol Baskin. It was and, a wild uh, time. And nobody that, had toilet paper. And making that co- <laughs> that weird coffee, that whipped coffee. Everybody's oh, whipped well, yeah, coffee thing. A lot, of, a lot of sourdough started getting made there, too. Mm, a lot of people getting into bread, bread making. Yeah. Bread, yeah. And crafting. There's a lot of crafting. knitting. Bread making. That was, oh, yeah. was fun. Yeah, I did. Yeah. That's when it was fun. That's when it was yeah. like, it's two it was like weeks. a big camp it was like it was like, yeah, it was like it was a big yeah like vacation everyone's like you know this is horrible but like we'll tell we'll all take two weeks off work it'll just be two weeks yeah yeah it, it was it, the, it the was glory not. days of the pandemic much like the children of this of this uh film thinking that the glory days are the 50s which is just comical on the face of it so some basic show info about alley cat strike a group of hip retro teenage outsiders become involved in an inter-school bowling rivalry <laughs> It's a better summary than the last summary we had. True. 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 I'm just going to say that out loud. Uh, This movie was released March 18th of 2000. We have, so we've we've hit our stride in 2000. 2000 is the first year where a DCOM is released every month. And I think that trend continues until like 2005. So there are 60 DCOMs released over the span of 2000 to 2005. That's a lot. So did either of you watch this movie as a kid? I did. I did, did watch this one as a kid. There's uh, one specific scene that is burned into my brain forever that we'll get to. I actually did not watch this movie as a kid. I watched it as an adult with you, Molly, but I did not watch it as a kid. So my first exposure to this was, I think, like three years ago or so, watching Alley Cat Strike. I definitely watched this as a kid. I really liked this movie as a, as a kid. And <laughs> I also have a scene burned into my brain Oh no! Why am I nervous? I don't know, but my 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 rewatch of this was I felt different. Did you? I really didn't want this to be a "Don't look under the bed" for you. I don't. I don't think it's a "Don't look under the bed." It's not a. I mean, I'm, not to spoil my feelings, but like, I had no point why to turn it off. I think this movie's fun, but it's not what it was. That's that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, sure. That's sure, for sure. sure. Yeah, this feels like. Uh, I think we mentioned this. It feels super after school, specially. Like everything about this hits after school special for me, but that's neither here nor there. So top song of this week, again, March 18th of 2000, Say My Name by Destiny's oh, Child. Shit. Oh, Say my name, say my, say name, my name, say my name. No one is around you. Mm. Say, baby, I love you. Mm. You ain't playing games. Say my say name, my name, say my, say my name. name. You acting kind of crazy and calling me baby. Better say my name. Remember that? fucking awesome that music video was where they mm-hmm. were in monochrome colors and they were going through rooms so then they're 
like they started matching the room, but then as the sets rotated, it would be like they were in orange, but the room was blue. It was awesome. And they struck a lot of poses. I don't mm. remember those colors specifically, yeah. but then again, <laughs> I was good. not have known it anyway. Trust to, me. To Alan, all he knows is the poses, right? Like yeah, he's, there like, were some he's like, they're poses. in rooms mm-hmm. posing and they are posing. How do you think a I'm lot gonna, of the visuals yeah. lost on Alan? True, truly. Yeah. Although I did yeah. learn how to lock out my left hip when I'm when I'm striking a sassy Every lean. Other word sure, is a home. You okay? Could it do be you, the truth that you went with another lady? Do you attribute that to Destiny's Child, Alan? I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, the sassy lean into the hip you attribute to Destiny's Child. Are you like that was Kelly Rowland? She did this. Uh, yeah. Actually, I mean, she was the one who hit it first and they're sort of like, it, it was very much a domino effect of the pop, pop, pop when they all kind of struck it. I, have the, listen, I can't I tell if you actually remember this or if you're bullshitting right now. I think I, he's bullshitting right now. Yeah, I didn't yeah. focus on the colors. So like, uh, you know, <laughs> he's bullshitting. They never hit, they never bop, bop, bop because they, they all do. hit the pose at yeah. the same yeah, time. Yeah, the same yeah, time. Everybody does at the same on time. The, it's, on yeah. the beat. It's not, it's not a, it's he's not walking a it. He's walking it back. He's walking it back. Gay pump. Like pose, pose, pose. It's not bop, bop, bop. Yeah, yeah, it would never be bop, 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 Alan. Well, yeah, because, you know, they're not her backup singers. So they would. They, everybody has to do it at the same Who's time. Who's backup singers? Beyonce. They're okay. not Beyonce. Queen, Queen B. Queen B. I was Queen talking B. Kelly Rowland. I wanted to make sure you understood who was not the backup singer. <laughs> yes. Right. They're, they're not Beyonce's backup singers. Yeah. Queen B. Queen B. The top grossing film at the time was Aaron Brockovich. That's a good movie. Oh, wow. That's a good movie. And it's not even close. Like, it blew that shit out of the water. That movie did well. I remember. It did incredibly well. Some news headlines of the time. Number one, and this is actually something that I found incredibly interesting, is that in the month of March, the PlayStation 2 console was released, which was, Mm. for the longest time... And actually, I have to look at the figure of what actually beat out the PlayStation 2. For, For the longest time, it was one of the most popular video game console sold because it was one of the first consoles that had backwards compatibility. I think it's still the top selling console of all time. I'd have to try. I I think so. What can I play on the PlayStation 2? It is like, it's an icon in terms of the console wars. It's the first time we started getting like more high def graphics. PlayStation 2, big hits, Metal Gear Solid 2, Final Fantasy 10. The Tony Hawk Pro Skater series. Uh, I played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on my PlayStation 1. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was back Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk 3 what mm-hmm. came out on PlayStation 2. Right. Kingdom so, Hearts yes. came out oh. on PlayStation 2. So it is in order. Play, you are correct, Max. PlayStation 2 at 159 million units sold. Yeah, it's it's been the top one for a long time. That's yeah. crazy. And then after that, it's the Nintendo DS with 154 million. That's crazy. That then, is crazy. Then the That's third, crazy that the Nintendo DS is the yeah. number two. Then number three is Game Boy backslash Game Boy Color at 118.6. Yeah, I had a Game Boy Color. And then it's PlayStation 4. In fact, I think they only discontinued the PlayStation, the sale of PlayStation 2's PlayStation 4 was announced. Or was it, yeah, like it, they sold it for a long ass time. I'm sorry, isn't the DS the Cube one? No, that's, that's a GameCube. Game the DS was a handheld device. I have... You have a DS. I have a DS. It's a 3DS technically, but it's crazy that the DS. Is that the is... one that opens up like a little book? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. And you tried to get me to play like Pet Shop on it or something. I did try to get you. I was I like, Pet Shop. Pet Shop are like the equestrian games. I'm trying so hard because oh, sure. I, I want her to live her best horse girl life. Ah, I understand the desire. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll be honest. I knew that because it was a trivia question. I made um oh I made it a, a trivia question. The second news headline, and this is something that I saw out of the corner of my eyes. I was researching like pop culture shit that had happened in this time. Do y'all remember Big Mouth Billy Bass? Yes. Oh, those dumb fish that sat on the wall? Mm-hmm. It launched and immediately took off. So it was created mm-hmm. in, I think it was 1998, but it didn't ever really take get traction until 2000 when it launched with the songs Take Me to the River. Yep. Take, take don't me to, to the, river. the river. Don't worry, Drop be happy. Me Put me water. in the water. Yeah. Don't worry. Boom, boom, boom. And then it would turn its whole head. Be happy. happy. Yeah. And the tail would be going to... Yeah. Don't worry. Be Don't worry. Be happy now. Don't worry. Be happy. Now. I wish people could see us right now because all I know. of us are because we're all doing it. Don't worry. Be happy now. <laughs> Great fish face. Well done. We're all doing it. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. It's like it. I did a little bit. Of, I, I've done more research on Big Mouth Billy Bass than I ever thought I would do. Mm. But yeah, it launched in with those two songs and it really sort of took off and accelerated in the early parts of uh, the year 2000. So that's crazy. I can't believe people had those in their homes. If you are a listener and had one of those I, in your homes. I remember them. I hope you I enjoyed those two songs. As a child, yeah. I was like, that's fucking cool. Nice thing <laughs> fish, bro. My mom was like, no. <laughs> My mom was like, we are not getting a singing fish for I don't think I ever thought <laughs> that's <laughs> fucking cool when I saw nice a big fish, mouth bro. Billy Bass. <laughs> nice fish, bro. I thought that's funny, maybe. <laughs> But that's fucking cool was never my response when I saw a big Billy Bass. That's what you were like. Hell yeah, man. That's fucking cool, man. God, you know what I want? Look at this. Look at this. Goddamn, is that a fish? Is that a singing fish? Fucking cool. Look at that mounted fish singing. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> didn't even have sunglasses that would have made it cool uh, oh wow 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 let's move past it you know we all have different cool meters yeah yours not on it not, not uh, there, we, they are different i can confirm that <laughs> oh wow all right, so Alley Cat Strike, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the wow. kids in this movie have a different idea of what's cool, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What a good, what a good segue. segue. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So, Alley Cat Strike. The film opens with our titular character, Alex Thompson, doing <laughs> a monologue. <laughs> Why are you giggling? Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely not the titular character. Because all I wanted was for Allie to say, Alley Cat Strike. The film opens with our titular character, Alley Cat. <laughs> the number because, one Alley Cat. Because that's what titular means. Yeah, he's not the titular. And I know his name is Alex, but I wanted, and you started, and all I wanted was for you to say, the film opens with our titular character, Alley Cat. <laughs> Alley Cat, Alley Cat number one. <laughs> yep, he's dude, that's his credit. His cre- he's credited as Alley Cat. Number oh one. man! Yeah. 
actually, uh, what is he, what was his like stupid fucking name on the he had a name tag like, on Tex? It, he was Tex. He, like, he's yeah, at he, the he, at the end of the movie. He's Tex. Tex. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the movie. He's um. Tex. Any in any case, Alex the opens main up character. We've got the this main like, character. Main character. We have this. We have this bopping jazz swing music playing. Uh, that they kept calling groovy in music, and I was like, "It's swing music, you swine!" And they are <laughs> they are listening to this music as they sort of overlays, and he's narrating. Honestly, pretty pretty similar to what we get in "Don't Look Under the Bed," but with better music. The introduction to West Appleton, the metropolis, he says, of West Appleton, and it's just a sort of chaotic intro where we are introduced to Alex and his group of friends. They are really emphasizing their love of the retro vibe the hoop skirt the not P- hoop the skirt. poodle skirt the poodle skirt the that's poodle what it skirt is and jazz music and swing music and they like bowling and they're outsiders because they like stuff from the 50s but they have each other you know what the most unrealistic thing about this this opening sequence is they go to breakfast all together at a diner then all of them go and bowl an entire game and then go to school. You're saying high kids school. wouldn't. You'd saying kids wouldn't wake up that early. No shot. Kids are waking up that early. These kids go against the norm, Alan. You're right. These kids are, wear poodle skirts and listen to swing music. You know what? I That's I, true. I stand corrected. Yeah, they so would wake up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's right. That's right. To go to the local diner. Also, they have, yeah, they have money to spend on breakfast at the diner every day. Which makes exactly, no sense. Exactly, because the dad's business is doing so well. Yeah, it's I mean, great. Well, it's he's, great. his kid's blowing all the money at, at the diner. That's right. And not paying for the bowling games. But they really did do you really get, feel passionate. Did you get confused when it freeze-framed on his face the first time? Yes. Like it, it's doing this like credit scene and it, and it's him talking and then he just like freezes as he's like combing his hair but it's sort of a like uh, 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 close up on blur- part of his of, face it's like a and little it, blurry and it's blurry and I I was watching on Disney Plus and I was like wait did my did my and then like it kept going and they used that. Over and over and over again Too throughout. They loved the freeze frame Too many times. throughout this film. They were like, you know what works for us? Yeah. This. The blurry this, freeze. This shot mm-hmm. right here. They also had like the Diary of a Wimpy Kid pause and then they did the handwriting pointing to the, oh, people, yeah. like the journal yep. of, of where, who they were. Yep. This, there, were, there were a number of quotes that I, I made a point of remembering throughout this movie because they are just wild. And this is one of them. And he goes, I love the smell of rental shoes in the morning. Yeah, he does. No, you, no, no. Also, That's, what kid is, I mean, I, I guess the smell would emanate, but surely he has his own bowling shoes, right? Got to. They all carry yeah. their own bowling balls and I, still use rental ones. I think ones. they just, no, I think they're just at the bowling alley. Yeah, I think it they, just smells like rental shoes. It just smells like, like feet. I, I was about to do a Disney entertainment thing, but it just, it's got a smell. It's got a unique smell, I'm sure. It's probably like smel- it probably cleaner. smells like whatever spray they're putting in their rental shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely not. I also want to highlight the sheer volume of exposition we get. Oh my god, this whole movie is exposition. That like <laughs> it is literally like uh, an audio book. This movie is an audio book. <laughs> like they they there is no subtlety in storytelling at all in this whole movie to the point where they repeat themselves four to five times about like 
here is what will happen if this thing happens. Well, did you hear that if this thing happens, this is what will happen? But you must have this happen because if you don't, then this thing. Like, it, it's just like all it is is exposition. They really want to hammer the point home that if they lose the bowling game, that they lose the apple. Like yeah. they talk about that over. Everything they do. about that stupid apple trophy that yeah. everybody, it's only interesting to me because it looks smaller like a bowling ball. Alex, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, we stop it. Yeah. it. We learn about the apple. <laughs> okay. So the town is two. It's West Appleton and East Appleton. Yeah. And this, for plot reasons, is the final battle of the West and East over the prized apple trophy the mighty apple the mighty, the mighty apple trophy. not the big apple that's new york this is the mighty apple <laughs> the mighty <laughs> apple uh because for plot reasons they're Triumphant merging the apple. two towns that's right and in um, and, and one school i think i think it's mostly about the school right yeah, the that schools like schools are merging the, the so schools the have been redistrict yeah and the rivalry is dead the rivalry is dead so this in a small town the, the apple is a big fucking deal and you are going to hear about it a lot about yeah. how it's a big deal to be fighting for the apple, to be bowling for the apple, to be playing for the apple. Because if you, if you lose the apple, you lose the school. I will say I sort of, I, I, I sort of like the idea of this rivalry because what we pick up is after we get introduced to the, this cast of kids, we go to school with them and there's like a pep rally and they introduce the other main player of the, of the movie, which is uh, Todd McElmore, who's a big uh, athlete jock, you know, like Sh- Letterman, all the things at the thrift shop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to pop some tags. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'll get uh, the apple. I'm a fucking win it. <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> wow. So we get introduced to Todd and what we find out is that right now East Appleton leads the mighty apple series three to two. And that this next competition, the basketball game is West Appleton's opportunity to tie the series up and, and bring them to a tiebreaker. And what you like uh, find out is basically they've competed in every sport they've competed. They play each other in every sport and it's seemingly throughout the year. Right. And what I kind of, I kind of like that idea that these schools are going to compete across every sport they have track, baseball, football, basketball, and they're going to take all of the cumulative games and they're going to keep track of how many win and like majority rules and they get the trophy. I, I think that as an idea, that's a dope idea because you get this like, all of the athletes in both schools yep. get a chance. It's not like just a football rivalry. It is an athletic rivalry mm-hmm. that everyone in the school can participate in. I, I think it's a cool thing. Now, obviously, we're not going to see most of that, but I think the it's sort of an interesting structure. But we get introduced right before the sixth face-off where East Appleton leads West Appleton has a chance to tie and it's a basketball game and it's on the shoulders of Todd uh, thrift shop Macklemore. I don't know about you guys, but the whole time I was watching Todd, I thought, doesn't he kind of look like that puppet from that show? My cousin Skeeter. Mm -hmm. And then I looked it up and it's because he was the guy in my cousin Skeeter, Mm -hmm. the puppet that like the puppet and the puppet like look alike because they're supposed to be related 
and uh, he was the char- he was like the character from My Cousin Skeeter. That's I only I vaguely remember that show, but yeah, I wasn't a big fan, but it, it like hit me enough that I was like, why is this guy so familiar? I also immediately kind of thought to myself, West High and East High, they stole the concept of West and East rivalries in High School Musical. What team? It's the, it's the West High Wildcats and the East High Wildcats. What team? And I know this because I enjoy High School Musical a lot, but I was like, wow, they just took that, they just took that rivalry and adapted so it to another basketball movie. You're saying the that there is no High School Musical without Alley Cat Strike. Uh, no, mm. I, I'm saying that, I think I think that's what you just so said. I, I think what you said is mm-hmm. that there's no High School Musical without Alley Cat Strike. With an addendum. Yep. Also, we need to have Luck of the Irish. We have to have Luck of the Irish and Alley Cat Strike because Ryan Merriman, remember, Ryan Merriman walks. Was a leprechaun. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So <that laughs> Zach Efron can, <laughs> can run, run through a, a golf, golf course. course. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that all of this is just... Seriously, look at this. They look alike. <laughs> <laughs> the puppet, he and the... Oh, I can't look, see that. All right, everybody he the, at home. He and the puppet look alike. My, everybody Google Cousin Skeeter and you'll my, see. You'll see what I'm talking about. He has decided to just prove a point that didn't need proving. Well, I, I wanted to her. make it clear I wasn't like insulting him or being offensive in any way and saying that he looks like a puppet because he literally looks like a puppet that he's supposed to resemble. It's a show. A show. With it's that... A show. Yeah, we. It's I, literally I, him. I remember the show. Yeah, and he literally looks like the puppet. Nobody questioned <laughs> Nobody, it. We literally we agreed. <laughs> we were like, "Yes, Molly." We both remember I'm just this show. If you were like, "Molly looks like a puppet." I'd be like, "What the fuck?" I'd be like, "I'd like to see that, Molly." They probably did some work. Do I look? I, like a I, have, I have a feeling that you'd be down with being a puppet, based on the fact that you think a. A dead fish on the wall is fucking cool. cool. <laughs> I, I would like to be a Muppet. Like, wouldn't you like to see yourself Muppetized? I would. Yes, I would like to see myself Muppetized. Anyway, oh my god, Google we're it, off guys. the rails. This, this episode is off the rails. This is off the rails. Everybody Google my cousin Skeeter. Don't, anyway, don't, don't. Everybody anyway. don't do that. Don't, like, what are you doing? Wait, anyway, I gotta say something. Is it about my cousin Skeeter? I no. can't wait. I have to say that we have breezed right past the fact that this is Kaylee Cuoco's. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know That's if this is true. her debut in an all film, but it's the first time I knew who Kaylee Cuoco was. And to be fair, she's probably one of the best actresses in this movie because That's... the acting is so much. That there is, is so much acting. So much is the right. I will say that it's good they made that kid a puppet because... <laughs> He's already a cartoon character I mean, in this movie. He, he's not the puppet. He has a cousin. That Molly, for the love of God. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right, all right, all right. Hold on. We are at the pep rally. Let's get, bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Much like teams do when they are getting ready to go out to play. Bring it in. We are at the pep rally. We get another voiceover from Alex. And again, exposition abounds. He says, how will our worlds collide? Well, hey, look, plot. We found it. This, this is- movie is a lot of like one-liners that are like obviously going to pay off any second. But you didn't need the one-liner. I didn't need a one-liner. How are our worlds going to collide? 
when you have the outsiders in the football team. That yeah, seems like a natural thing that's going to happen no in subtlety. every team. So I'm saying it's all exposition. No Everything subtlety. about this movie is exp- they don't they don't let anything happen. They just tell you about everything that's happening. I I fully believe this this would have been a better movie if it was a cartoon. It would have been a better movie if this was entirely animated and they had voice actors for all these characters. <laughs> and Molly, I don't think it should have been a puppet film. I don't think it should have been. You are looking at a shitty grin. Could it have been a puppet film? I was going to say that. Yep. <laughs> Alan, I have to say that I think that I think that that guy is a cartoon character. I, I like. I. I, yeah. I don't think that. I don't think that this movie needs to be a cartoon. I think there are already cartoon characters in this movie. I don't know if I think it needs to be animated. I think what I think is that half the dialogue needs to be taken out because mm-hmm. it legitimately there's no subtlety and it's nothing but explaining exactly what's happening at all times. Like they never stop talking Mm-mm. and they are only explaining what is happening. There's not any, it, it, it doesn't expect the audience to go with them, which is fascinating Coming off the heels of color friendship. Oh, right. It's, Where you expect your audience to understand, like, huge apartheid world issues. Yeah, it, very and, different. Uh, like, it is, it is, yeah, it's, it is, I mean, for a movie that we talked about had all these layers and, like, really asked a lot of the audience, now your next movie a month later just this? explains everything that happens all the time. And and asks nothing of the audience. Like, sit there and we're going to explain every beat to you constantly. You know, you know what it does give us, though? It gives us a great set of insults in the coming dialogue between the basketball players and the bowlers. Mm. Where the Weird basketball dudes. players call them mm-hmm. strange dudes. Uh, and insult. then it follows up with Mr. Smartmouth. Nice. Which, Got him. I mean, get wrecked, kid. Like you are, you'll never financially recover from yeah. this. Like you, you're ruined for life. I, I literally thought to myself when we're talking about the Todd and his introduction, right? Because this is supposed to be his big coming out party. Is this kid's got to play like a key role? His family's got to be important to the film. And literally, the next scene after I have that thought, we're introduced to the mayor, who is Todd's dad. I, I do want to just quickly say about that engagement. So at, at the end of the pep rally, the basketball team is leaving. They run into the strange dudes, which are our like retro hip kids. And this is the first moment where what I think is a theme of this movie is established, which is these kids that are seemingly supposed to be our main characters are assholes. They're dicks. Because, yeah, I mean, I know it's like, oh, the strange dudes are here. The strange dudes are here. But like throughout this film, this we're going back, I feel like, in decom land to the first couple of decoms where, you know, one of the things I said a lot was like none of these main characters are likable. I think most of the characters in this film are unlikable characters. I think that like most of the main crew is not likable at all. I actually think Todd Macklemore is probably the most likable character in this movie. And he's supposed to be the like jerk jock. And I think he's the best character in the film. I mean, I hard like, disagree. I fucking hate Todd. I mean, I dislike Todd. I think Todd is the only character that like Todd gives me real big Ralph vibes in terms of like attends therapy off camera. I, I don't, like the other characters to be clear i don't think any of them are great characters i feel like this movie can't decide what todd is 
is he mm. the villain? Is he the, a good guy? Is he uh, the jock? Is he the kid with family issues? Like, he plays seven different roles, I feel like, and none of them well and none of them deeply. Like, Well, I think that's that's the movie in general, is that yeah. there's eight, there's eight storylines happening, and none of them matter that much. Like, this is part of the, like, they never stop talking. There's the dialogue never ends. There's so much exposition. They overcomplicated this movie to a level that is bad for it in a huge way. The whole, we'll get into it a little bit, but like the whole mom and grandpa thing, why is that in this movie? Doesn't make it, they mention it, I counted, three times. It's only mentioned three times and it's, it's it has no impact at all. Is it pivotal? Like you could just say your mom's on a business trip. Like, okay, You could cool, make him a single dad. What yeah. difference does it make? We it could take up the single no parent difference. It, but like Todd, I'm going to move the plot ahead a little bit. So basically Todd wins the basketball game or his, the team wins the basketball game. Yeah. This is when you're introduced to the incredible pressure that Todd is put under by his dad, which is one of Todd's personalities is that he has these parents that are incredibly supportive, but like grinding him basically. And after the big basketball game, they're like, Oh, the local radio wants to enter you and, uh, or interview you and you did such a good job. And now it's time for you to go to baseball. And like, so Todd's under this constant pressure from his parents. That's Todd's first personality. Then unfortunately it comes down to the fact that they really tied the two Appletons have tied for the trophy. And there's only one team that hasn't faced off against each other and it's bowling. And for plot reasons, they're only allowed to use the people that signed up for bowling club at the beginning of the year. Mm, because plot, right? And who signed up for bowling club than our main characters. But also, it turns out, Todd's friends signed Todd up as a joke. So now it comes down to our four strange kids and Todd to be the team to fight against the other Appleton. And it feels like you covered so much so much in that but it was such like a blip in the film because everything was like well what are we gonna do we have the, the mayors of east and west appleton like cartoonishly square off in a phone call about this nonsense can we just pause for a moment and talk about who is the friend of alex's with the glasses what is his name ken 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 does two things in this movie ken only has two things the first thing when he enters a room he always enters with the smooth ass line Hey, cool cats. What up, slick? Always with like the cool intro. And number two, Ken never fucking looks higher than chest level. Ken is only looking at the ground the entire movie. Mm. That's all Ken does. Ken has two things. Always has an entrance. Never looks up. I respect Ken. Ken. I like Ken. I respect that. He's an asshole though. Him and everyone else in this character. Everyone else in this movie. Todd is like, oh, I'm on the bowling team now, but I'm a winner, so it's all good. And all the people are like, oh, thank God Todd's on the team. He's going to carry the the Appletons to victory for this dumb Apple trophy. And this is what I don't understand about Todd. Like, I literally cannot figure this out. Todd has it driven into his brain by his own arrogance, his own ego, the rest of the town, and his parents that he needs to win, that winning's the most important thing in life, and that winning is all that matters. Todd fucking sucks at bowling. Mm-hmm. these kids are very good at bowling they try to help him and Todd basically says fuck you 
it doesn't make any sense to me because if you're going to have this character so and then todd has the audacity to yell at them and say you guys don't care enough you're not trying hard enough don't you want to win and it doesn't make any sense to me because if he actually cared that much about winning he would care about being good at bowling (laughs) yeah i i think my read is different like and and you know i think it this movie is not interesting or good enough for there to be a complex debate about this. But like, I think that my read on, on this movie is that like one, the kids resent Todd because they keep calling him golden boy. He is in the spotlight. He gets all the attention because he's a great athlete and he basks in that. But like he, they, they resent him because he's getting all this attention and he represents this thing that they uh, have neglected, right? That they don't want to be the cool kids. They don't want to be that thing that Todd is. And so he gets put into this squad and now there's a bunch of like pressure on him and expectations from the town and he shows up and he does the bowling thing. And and I think that they're assholes to him. I, I don't think that they legitimately try to help him until pretty far into this movie. I think mostly they make fun of him and Maybe they throw some side comments at him, but I think that like they're just locking horns. I think that like these kids and Todd, there's not like, hey, man, you're trying to be good at the thing that we really love. Let us help you. We want to work together. They're like, fuck you. We don't want to do the mighty apple and you're terrible and you're going to be terrible and go bowl over there. Like, I, I don't think that there's an acceptance that comes from these kids that makes him want to be helped by them. I do think Kaylee Cuoco starts to try and help her pretty early on, and he's pretty mean to her. Like, she goes over to him and says, you're doing pretty well, but if you do this, it'll help. And he's like, okay. Like, he brushes her off like she has no idea what she's talking about. Yeah, I, I just think it's already started. Like, I think that the moment he came in, they laughed at him. They Like, I, I think that they are at odds, and he's dismissive of them just as he, they're dismissive of him. That's why. That's my read on it. I also think that... To his credit, throughout this film, we see Todd show up in practice constantly. And those kids, I know they bowl all the time, but like, I think that his point about, you know, later in the movie, he says like, you don't, you clearly don't care. And he cares a lot because he has all this pressure or whatever. He's like, you clearly don't care. And they're like, don't tell us how we feel. And it's like, well, but you don't care. Like, you're not, you're not showing up. You're not trying to like, uh, do the thing. I have a lot of feelings later that I'll get into, but I think that they're assholes mostly. I think that the movie can't decide what they are. If you want me to be honest, I think that the movie just can't decide what it is that they want each of these people to play. I think that every like there's this weird sort of pendulum swing between both parties that happens consistently because we get it from both sides of being like dismissive and assholey, and it just seems to swing back and forth. And it, it's it's so weird to watch it play out because I I watched it and I was like I can't I I don't know who to root for and who to root against. So I'm going to root against everybody because this just feels like there's a lot of unresolved conflict because the movie doesn't know where it wants to go. Mm -hmm. One thing I do know though, is that cheerleader who invites Todd to the party is down to clown with Todd. She is. That's true. That is, she is that like it happened. Like the first time it happened, I was like, maybe she's just enthusiastic and really wants to have a popular kid at her party. And it's going to be a whole big thing. So this Mm -hmm. is just put us in a moment in time and in the movie for, for everybody listening post pep rally, we have an invite to a party after Todd sort of like getting invited to the team. And this party keeps coming up because a lot of the interim is just montaging at the 
at the bowling alley where people are either bowling or laughing or jibing against one another with a group of the outcasts and Todd. The party plays a central theme because you have Todd and Alex meet, and this is sort of like Olive Branch, but not where Alex is like, I can help you just ask for help. And Todd is like, why would I ask you for help? You don't want it anyway. And then Todd's like, why don't you just come to the party? It it seems like they're trying to establish like this weird tit for tat relationship. Mm -hmm. And it feels unearned. I I think that I think that it's what we're talking about, right? Is that like this conversation between Alex and, and Todd is Todd saying like, you all don't want to play. So I, I don't think you actually want to help. Like you, you're not interested in winning the mighty apple and Alex's like, okay, but if you want to win, you need help. You're bad and I can help you. And so this relationship between the two of them, I think is where the, the bridge starts coming and that like there's an effort that's put in between these two characters. Um, but I, you know, I think that I just want to quickly note that I do think it's, I mean, it makes sense that we are, we're talking about all these feelings and whatnot because the writing of this movie is very good. I, I, I just want to, I want to, <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to quote, I want to quote uh, uh, an exchange of dialogue for you um, that, that really struck me. Oh, now this wait. is a, this is an exchange between Todd and uh, Flip and uh, another character that I can't remember his name. What's um, Spaz? His, let's just say that th- this is a really, I think, um, inspired bit of dialogue. <clears throat> I'll try to do it justice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That is going to be cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I moved. <laughs> I moved. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. All right. That wow. that is um two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve words that it were exchanged between twelve three people and six of them were the word yeah. So I like just oh. some really inspired writing. <laughs> I am gonna agree that this movie doesn't know what it's doing and who I'm supposed to like and unlike because Unlike, the, uh, <laughs> you're gonna unlike them. It's like I liked it. Uh, you know what? I, I did unlike them pretty fast. So. <laughs> it's like I feel like with the hipster kids, because they're hipster kids. Let's God, be honest, they they they're hipsters they where they like bowling because bowling's not cool, and you they do a lot of Gumby things. Troop is? And I think we are supposed to believe that they and the jocks come head to head a lot. And that they're the outsiders. And I think Disney is kind of banking on you feeling sympathy for them, as you often do for these characters, which is often the main character in these type of films. It's like the outsider, the character who is picked on and isn't part of the popular crowd. And so at first they have this very like blase attitude that we're talking about where they don't care about the trophy and, you know, they don't care about being popular. They're hipsters and they're happy just living their bowling alley dreams. But then somewhere along the film, they switch and they're like, we do care about the bowling trophy or the the Apple trophy and bowling because we've never been popular before. And we like that people talk to us now. Mm. And it's like, wait, which one? Which one is it? I feel like nobody can pick a lane, which is why I agree that none of the characters are incredibly likable but for me todd is the most flip floppy and 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 Mm. has like six different lanes he's driving between and i'm just like i cannot read this character at all what what i think is playing out is that we 
one of the things that we have all noted that is necessary in a decom that is not the color of friendship is you need a narrator character. It is mm. essential for you to have a narrator character, and there is not one in this film. That's there true. There is not one. You've got uh, Alex's dad, who Mr. Thompson, who's just a goober, who, who like <laughs> who shows up every once in a while. We like, I don't really know, son. Don't want to lose the alley. Don't want to lose the alley. Oh my god! And I just like get off the screen, please. You you are providing nothing right now. Like even the moments where he's supposed to have a heart to heart with Alex. Nothing comes of it, right? So he's not a narrator. Well, nothing comes of a lot of the emotional weight of this 100%. But it's because we don't have anybody who's guiding us through the film. It's also because there's there's eight beats. There's eight Mm -hmm. threats. And and they set up a bunch of stuff. So you talked about the party, Alan, right? So like they, Todd and Alex connect. They decide they're going to go to this party. They are forming some kind of bond. They're like, Alex is going to help Todd learn how to bowl. Todd's going to get Alex in this party. They're going to, you know, have this experience. When they leave that party, Alex goes, he has a whatever time he leaves and he goes and he, um, he goes home and he runs into Kaylee Cuoco, who is dropping off a scorecard at his house because she bowled a two twenty. And this is supposed to like what they're getting at here. And they're starting to play into the, like Alex is moving to the other side. Right. Mm-hmm. He's going to, they're playing into that normal trope of like Alex is losing him. So he's going to leave us for them. Right. And so she bowled a 220 and Alex is like, wow, that's, that's a great score. I promise I'll be there when you bowl 300. And, and what I thought was like, okay, one, this feels like foreshadowing. It feels like you're making a promise that you're going to be there when she bowls this thing. And then like the movie should set that up where you're not, but also you said she, when she bowls a perfect game, which I know she's not going to bowl a perfect game. So if, if it was a better written movie, you could say like, hey, I'll be there when you bowl a 250 and then have her bowl the 250 and have Alex not be there. Mm-hmm. But instead they like foreshadow this letdown and then they never pay it off. It feels like the writers realized it, or at least one of the six writers who came in here and contributed plot points because they have another moment where Alex promises to be somewhere with the team and doesn't show to be with the popular kids that happens later. And I'm not going to jump too far. We'll get, we'll circle back to that. It's almost like they, they were like, Oh shit, we had to make a promise that we knew he couldn't keep because it's just not feasible for a 14 year old to bowl a 300 in this movie. But Mm, we got to make sure he can go to the dark side somehow though. Let's shoehorn in another promise. So it, 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 it's like they shoehorn a lot of this stuff in. When they explain how bowling scoring works to Todd, I too, I too was confused because <laughs> I don't actually understand bowling scoring as is, but the mm. way they explained it, I was like, I literally don't know what you're talking about. You might mm. as well be speaking another language. Cause they were at, to your point, Max, very smug and very arrogant and like, I, f- I was like, you know what, Todd? I, I understand. I understand you right now. <laughs> I understand how confused you are. I don't know what the fuck they're saying either. There are a couple of things that occur post-party. Where, so they are back at the bowling alley practicing. I'm going to put practicing in. Listeners, you cannot see me, but for, for Maximale, I'm doing air quotes. Practicing. And you have Alex trying so... This is the acting. Alex is trying so hard to look natural. I don't know if you've, there, there are a number of times 
where I found myself getting distracted by what Alex, the actor, specifically was doing, moving through the background of the scene to hit his next blocking assignment, like where mm-hmm. he needs to be next. And it was like the, the, the direction was lean naturally on the ball return section. And what we get is him falling over on the ball return section mm-hmm. as his, uh, granted, beautifully coiffed hair. Just sort of, he does have nice hair. Ripples. He does have and nice hair. He just, got a, do, 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 do. he just falls over. He's just trying so hard to look natural in this space. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make Alex be like, this is his home. This is where he's comfortable. This is where he has fun. He doesn't want it to change, which hinges on the, the coming upcoming plot beats where they're like, okay, we're practicing. Let's go. Let's go spy on. East Appleton. Let's go try to, and also in the same beat, try to save the, save the bowling well, alley. Yeah, because there's seven plots happening. God, one of the plots ugh. is that the bowling alley owned by Alex's dad is failing as a business, and they want to save the bowling alley. So Todd comes up with bowling party night, which mm-hmm. they and they call have some great names. The bowling ball. Oh, hold on, I'm sorry. We have to have the dramatic throat clear. <clears throat> the bowling ball and nice. those of you listening that is literally how that was delivered and nice. it's, cosmi- it's cosmic bowling that's what it's it cosmic is. bowling <laughs> I, it is cooler than what's there it, that's it true is. and I do like cosmic bowling you know it's what I said about we skipped the we skipped the jazz montage which happens before we get the ball. Ooh-wah! Right, right down, down the middle, middle. Ooh-wah! right, right down, down the middle, middle. No, I loved the jazz montage. They, they, you know, they tell Todd, like, you got to have a little style, you know, you're bowling, but you don't have any style, you know? And so some swagger, I will say, okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to admit something to you in this moment to this day. If I go bowling, I throw my right leg out to the left. And it's because of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) We need to bowl. I, I bowl like a grandmother. I I will bowl and I will throw like I'll I'll like cross my right leg over behind my left and like throw it out over the left and it's because I wanted to have style style yeah I also loved in that montage I don't know if you noticed this but there's a there's they turn on swing music they uh, are all doing like you know wacky stuff and there's a a section where. Alex bowls and then Ken's supposed to bowl between Alex's legs, but it's clear that the actor Alex has forgotten that this is going to happen because he (laughs) starts to move and Ken barely gets the ball between his legs or he was going to slam it into his ankles. Like he (laughs) like Alex doesn't stay wide set. He like bowls and then starts to turn and Ken Barely gets that hand now between I'm the legs, and I was like, "Oh God, that kid about got taken out!" Like it, it was I'm close go watch it again. Yeah, honestly, I wanted to see the take where he got his shit wrecked. That yeah. was been a- <laughs> now, Max. I have it a question happened. for you because I, yeah. I, I, I am gathering that it, you know you're a big fan. You're a big Ali Castrike fan. I will, in the day, yeah, in the day, <laughs> in the day. Thursday. Yeah. Did you um, liken yourself? To one of these characters, did I liken just, myself to one of these? Yeah, characters? did you kind of think, oh, I, I kind of like feel, you know, I feel a kinship to one of these characters, or did I see myself as one of these yeah. characters, or was it just like I like this movie? I think you know what it was. Honestly, on on rewatch, 
I think that when did this movie come out? 2000? 2000. So I'm 11. I've just entered the band and I've decided I'm going to play saxophone. I, I honest to God think that the reason I had an attachment to this movie was because of the music. Mm -hmm. Like I think that a movie featuring swing music in this way and like celebrating swing music as a kid that's decided he's going to learn the saxophone. I think that was why I like was drawn to this film. If I think Ooh, about it. Uh, right down the middle. So you weren't like a big Alex standard. I didn't, I didn't uh, consider myself an Alex. No. Can we just acknowledge he that just the nice mayors are, are cartoon villains? The mayors are cartoon. The West Appleton villains. mayor is the dad from sister, sister. True. Oh. Sister, sister. Mm -hmm. I think that all of East Appleton is cartoon villains. Like the fact that they're in bright green tracksuits. They, they are the Germans in Cool Runnings. A hundred percent they are. <laughs> that is exactly 100%. what they are. scene where they all line up and pull right after the other very like yeah. militantly. Machine. I was like, they are the, they are the Germans from With Cool Runnings. With their coach, Whipsaw McGraw. Great. Oh yeah, it's a great name. God. What a what a good name that is. That's a superhero yeah. name right there. Or supervillain. Fuck Steel Condor. Call me Whipsaw McGraw. <laughs> no, it, it's like a yeah, Whipsaw McGraw. It's a great name. And we saw we see Whipsaw when this is also before the the bowling ball. Uh, we're all over the place, but like this so movie, is movie is all over the so place. The I know. I, I honestly, There's not a, it's, it's hard to even keep up because like it has eight threads that go nowhere. Like figuring out what order things happen in is a mess because there's no logical plot progression. Uh, but they go to, this is like Todd and Alex. They're trying to establish that Todd and Alex are becoming friends and that you're making they're they're making more and more points where Alex is choosing Todd over his other friends. The first one was where he went to the party. The next one is that they uh, go, they leave the bowling alley after practice. And Todd says, I'm going to go check out the East Appleton bowlers. I'm going to like find out if they're good. And everyone's like, oh, you don't need to do that. That's why do we care? And then Alex chooses to go with Todd again. Right. And so these are all moments where you're watching Alex choose Todd over his friends. And, and so they're trying to establish that like Alex is going over to this side, if you will. The only thing that happened that I thought was kind of funny was like, of course, Alex gets caught while they're spying on mm -hmm. the other team. Mm -hmm. And then Todd, Todd, who had gotten away, comes back in to rescue him. But he kind of like throws him under the bus along the way. <laughs> I mm, thought yeah. it was a very funny like rescue moment because he's like, I... Todd's basically like, I told him not to come spy on you, but he did it anyway. I'll take care of him for you. And he like drags him out. And I just thought that was funny that in, like he could have done that another way that didn't throw him under the bus. But, you know, it got him from getting his ass beat. So it it's did. all good. I love that. I love that both of them got into an argument about which one was the worst actor in that scenario. And I just thought you both suck. Like you're both bad actors. Like stop. Just, just, yeah. just stop. The, the irony of in this movie. <laughs> An argument over who's the worst actor is pretty good. I'm, I respect it. Come on, it's some meta writing. Yeah, yeah they, they knew. The writers knew. One thing I have to say, though, is I feel like... So, yes, Alex keeps picking Todd over his friends. Correct. 
his friends never really get bad. I feel like they're say that they're bad. Like Alex says, my friends are bad. Yeah, they never get mad enough yeah. at him. Yeah. I feel like show don't tell is it's, like this whole movie would benefit from show don't tell. Right. It, it's very like the hipster version of mad, which is just more sullen and withdrawn. Like it's not actually upset. They're just like, we're going to tell you. But yeah, because for the most part, his friends are actually pretty supportive. At one point, the principal comes up to them and is like, Todd, you're going to go on the radio show with the sports Sweet announcer, Lou. Sweet Lou. And uh, I told him, you're the captain of the team. So pick somebody else to go with you as as your co-captain. The other ones are kind of upset. They're like, well, we all should have voted on captain. And he's like, well, you know, Sweet Lou knows me. So why don't you guys vote on the co-captain? And the friends are all like, well, Alex, it's you because uh, plot. plot reasons. But make sure you come hang out with us afterwards. This is the setup where he's going to go do the radio interview. He's going to feel super cool because he's on the radio. And then he's not going to go meet up with his friends afterwards. He's going to go hang out with Todd and, and uh, the popular kids. But even then, they don't seem that upset. Like, that is the, the, the pinnacle of Alex betraying them. And they still don't even seem that upset. This is also the scene prior to them hosting the bowling ball, before which we have Todd scam the entire town of East Appleton out of all he of the goods He scams the whole town. <laughs> he, Although, he, oh, you oh. know what? I, I will give credit. I was like... This is a crazy scene. And then and then he's like, oh, I'm going to have Lou like shout them out. And I was like, well, you know what? At least they got advertising. Like, <laughs> that's he's good. The, he's the, uh, the first he got, influencer. He's, he's an influencer. He's, he's the influencer. original influencer. Todd's an influencer. He's like, I'll trade you promotion for goods. <sighs> Done and it. He did a great job because they were able to completely overhaul that bowling alley. Yeah, they were alley. able to make it a cosmic bowling alley. Yeah. For yeah, free. And everything for, for free. free. Which two two thoughts there. One is when the the dad finds out like they're doing it. Now it's like, I don't know, dad. It's gonna like it's gonna change the alley and whatever. Dad's like, Well, you know, son, I, I went and applied for my real estate license today and and you know, maybe this will change the bowling alley. Or maybe this will save the bowling alley. And I was like, Dad, why don't you save the bowling alley? Why do you need Todd? To go and beg for goods to save your business, Dad. You could have made Cosmic Bowl, Dad. It's it, this is the pinnacle of Ron Swanson, like supporting capitalism. Be like, if a business is bad, it'll die. You like are, this is. I, I directly think your failure as a businessman. Uh, yeah, I directly your failure of a because business is a reflection a, of you as a bad businessman. Like, right, like he's the dad's a bad businessman. He's, so they have this bowling ball. They invite, and this is when the, the there is a there is meant to be, and I don't think it actually is executed well, like anything in this movie. There is meant to be a distinct tone shift. It starts with this neon bowling alley, and you have great, yeah, it's so exciting. We've got swing music playing. Todd shows up, and you know Todd. His motto is the sun never sets on a badass because he is wearing those sunglasses inside Cosmic Bowling. And he's I like, wear my sunglasses at night. Uh, uh, I can bowl on the lanes. So he immediately's like, stop the record. <laughs> Turn this shit off. <laughs> Play this. And like hands him a, flips him a six CD of the most generic 2000s <laughs> tunes. You can tell they like, they couldn't get 
actual like yeah, backstreet they didn't boys play the licensing for, they, they didn't uh, want to fight the licensing battle so we just get sort of like this this post grunge nonsense of like no no don't they still have the licensing to to five though they could have played five they could have played, played five god missed opportunity alley cat strike come on they could have brought back bewitched yeah they have been better than whatever they played and this is the transition because uh, Alex goes full jock and comes in. He no longer is wearing his bowling shirt or his his six swinging pants and bowling shoes. He's now wearing an argyle sweater, <laughs> and, the coolest of sweaters, and khakis. Like he's got a. <laughs> it's just if, if there's one thing cool guys wear, it's pullover sweaters. Yeah, that's right. That's and they also that's don't right. look at explosions. Uh, but he is wearing. True. His sunglasses inside as well, which is how you know he listened to Todd's motto, and he's got his same wraparound shades on. Goes inside and begins to bowl and party, and this is uh, again, this is intended to be the pivotal moment. This this scene encapsulates, I think, how I feel about these characters, right? And and what it really is is a clash between what I think is a good storyline and what I think ruins that storyline. So throughout this whole bowling ball, the other three characters. Uh, Ken, Dahlia, and Eliza. Kaylee Cuoco um, <laughs> are are miserable. They're miserable through the whole ball, uh, the bowling ball, right? They're bowling, but like they're miserable that other kids are there. They're miserable that the bowling alley looks like this. They're they're they are out to have a bad time, and then they're miserable when they see Todd, right? And I think the thing that frustrates me about it a little bit is that. The like we're losing Todd to the popular kids who don't actually like him is a classic storyline, one that many movies have told. And I think it's good, but it's at odds with like, this is good for the bowling alley. This is good for the place that they love. They're going to lose the bowling alley if they don't have kids come and bowl. They're going to lose the bowling alley if kids don't enjoy like the way they treat the other kids wanting to bowl feels gatekeepy to me. And it's like, oh, well, you're not a real bowler because you're not wearing retro vibes or listening to swing music. You, you're, you don't actually love bowling. And it's like, man, just let people enjoy things. And so I'm losing the like Alex's being lost thing to like, this is what ha- like, do you want the bowling alley to close? Like we, we, we need this attention. We need these kids to have fun. And it's making it really tough in this moment to like root for anybody. Agreed. I don't know which direction to look. And it also is made worse because we don't have a central narrator figure to help these kids navigate it. You have, and this is the problem. I genuinely believe Todd is intended to serve as a narrator. He bops around between he's so many roles. So many jobs. I hope he's being compensated for he this. He should be. He's doing. So, he's he's the, wearing so many he's hats. The he's the villain. He's the hero. He's the like kid under pressure from his parents he's just got a lot on his shoulders and he's a puppet yeah (laughs) god so many roles he's gotta win the apple he's gotta win the apple not the big apple that's new york no he's gotta win the 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 triumphant and mighty apple standing proud i agree with you max that they should care that people are in the bowling alley and also like it's one night a week you can have your swing music the other six nights I know and and I think that like the place that it strikes a chord is that like listen as somebody that grew up in nerd culture and these kids are being 
identified as nerds, right? Like that is the, that's the story that's being told. These are outsiders, these are nerds. As somebody grew up in nerd culture, one of my least favorite things about nerd culture is the gatekeeping. It, it drives me insane when you have Star Wars fans that are like, you're not a real Star Wars fan because you don't know every detail. It drives me insane when you have people that are like, that's not the real way to play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, you you need it. Like their gatekeeping is a huge problem in fandom and in nerddom. And it drives me insane because I'm like, why don't you want people to love the thing that you love? Like it only benefits you to have more people that love the thing that you love and I'm feeling from these characters that are supposed to be the likable characters, I'm feeling a ton of gatekeepy vibes of like, you don't love bowling the way I do. And so therefore you're not a real like, and, and, and it's, it's bad because then you hear the kids like talk shit about Alex and they're like, Oh, we'll, we'll drop him as soon as this whole thing's over. And it, that legitimizes their feeling of like, don't want these kids around. And so it's just so conflicted of like, you need these kids to love bowling to save the alley. And, and, and it's just gross. And like a lot of their perspective on the other kids and on bowling in general feels like gatekeeping to me. And I think that's why it, like strikes a chord with me that bothers me a lot because throughout this movie, those three kids are my least favorite characters bar none. Like, and, and it's not close. I, I actively dislike those three kids. And I, again, it's a defensive response to somebody who has been made fun of. And they, like, I think that a lot of gatekeeping or the origin of it is like, I had this thing. It's mine. I don't want you to come in to like it because this is my safe space. So if you do come in and it's my safe space, you have to like it the way I like it. And I'm like, no, that's not how that fucking works. Not at all. And this is the feeling that I get. It's that defensiveness around the space. Mm -hmm. And I agree. Having the kids shit talk about Alex when Alex overhears them doesn't do anybody any favors. In fact, it cements that defensiveness in a way that is counterintuitive to the plot progression. What makes that worse is you have outside of, so you've, you've got these sort of internal actors of like the popular kids versus the nerdy kids, the gatekeeping defensiveness versus like the reinforcement of that mechanism. And then you have the adults who are adding stakes to an already high stakes pressure situation for these kids. Three times the adults add stakes. You've got the, the mighty apple, stake one. Stake two, all right, I'm going to call the mayor and... Uh, if we win, you have to send us your apple pies. If you win, we have to send you our apple cider. Why cool. wouldn't they both have apple cider and apple pies? I don't understand, man. Are I they both apple cities? Yes, they are mm-hmm. Appletons. It doesn't make any fucking sense. They're Appletons. <laughs> they're Appletons. Yes, they're both Appletons. They're both Appletons. <laughs> it's like Granny Smith versus Pink Ladies. They just... Ah, oh, yes. The classic Ah, oh, yes. The old Pink Ladies versus Granny, Granny Smith argument. That's right, my lord. You know how it is. The, the argument for the ages is the Granny Smith versus mm. Pink Ladies argument. God forbid we introduce another form of apple, perhaps a yellow delicious. The Macintosh comes in and it's like, whoa. Wow. The Red uh, Washington. The gala. Um, in any case, it's, let's name all the kinds of apples we can. Honey crisp, Fuji. God. Okay. Alan's out. Okay, you lose. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> I hate you both. Oh, I just want to get through this bad movie. Molly and I both did an extra when you stopped. It's fine. We'll just keep going. <laughs> 
they just kept increasing the stakes. And finally it ends up being like, we're going to decide on the name of the school after the redistricting happens. And it's either West or East, depending on who wins, which is just like, stop putting all those pres- this pressure on these kids. Like they're just competing over an ugly ass trophy. Let mm-hmm. that be the thing. It is ugly too. And it's not a big apple. I'm going to tell you, it is a, it's that's a, a small apple. apple. Yeah, yeah, mighty is a is a mighty big ver- adjective to describe yeah. the apple when it's just mighty small, mighty small apple. Everything comes to a head because Alex is not bowling well. He is converted full jock, and the the explanation that they are providing is he's not having fun anymore while he's bowling. So what does he Yet do? Yet another plot point. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. The number nine, if we're keeping count. And what does he do? He quits the team. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I, I didn't like this part. Like, that was so ridiculous and dramatic for no reason. It's completely random. Yeah. Not earned even a little bit. They don't no. even mention it as a potential option. It is it completely just all of a sudden field. he's like, this isn't fun anymore. I quit. And he just leaves. They give them the uniforms. Like, no, Alex, that's, that's when he quits. Oh, he is quits that, oh, is that the when, uniforms are ugly. Oh, right. They come and deliver the uniforms, which are just T-shirts. So to call them uniforms is just an insult to uniforms everywhere. Hand them T-shirts that are red with black lettering, the wildcat colors. And I was like, these are ugly. I'm not having fun. Deuces. Bam. That's also when they find out about the school. Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they, it's like ugly uniforms and you're betting the school on us. And he's like, fuck it, I'm out. And this resolves with... Todd having very, this is why when I say he's the narrator, right? Todd having very like 180 attended therapy off screen like Ralph, human moments with all of the kids, resulting in him going to Alex's house, giving him new, I'm assuming he was able to, again, scam somebody at the embroidery shop out of the Oh yeah, Well, we, yeah, we've, we've, can, we've established that Todd can get anything he wants for free. Yeah, that's the easy, easy out there. Hands. Alex, a bowling shirt, and is like, I thought you'd want to be Tex, and then I'm going to be Dirk this time, because that's a, that is just a random plot point that they mentioned very early on in the bowling shirt exchange. If you were going to have a bowling shirt on, oh God. Mm. what name would you like on it? Mm. Blitz. Oh, sure. Easy. Um, I guess I have to have Air Jaws then, or just Jaws. Oh, interesting. Are you just I, dumb? I thought I I, I, I thought was we going to have a new, new name. Yeah. I was, I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what my, so... Growing up, I don't know if you all ever experienced this, but for whatever reason, I would often, if like somewhat regularly, people would just call me the wrong name. And if they called me the wrong name, it was always Sam. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Why? I, I I don't know, man. You I, I look just, like a Sam, Max. I you look like a Max, Max. I think maybe you know that thing, Sam and Max. No. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I was going to say I should put Sam on my shirt. All right. Okay. I mean, I love the, the, the little reveal that we had. Sam is on your shirt. Yeah. Okay. Sam. I was going to go with Sam. What about you, Malls? You know, I feel like you kind of have to have like an old timey name to go on the shirt. Like, I feel like that's kind of the trend is like, it's from the fifties. So you have like more old fashioned names. Mm, um, play it again, Sam. I picked one. Yeah. Mm, that is nice. So... I'm going to pick Gertrude. Ooh. Yeah. Gertrude. I like Gertrude. Yeah. You see him with Blitz? No, Frank. Frank. It's also I like my Frank grandfather's too. name. Nice. It's Frank. Yeah. Nice. Frank, Gertrude, and Sam, we're coming to your bowling league. 
I mean, I could honestly, either one of my grandfathers would be great, Frank or Richard, but he prefers if you call him Dick. So it just depends on, on whatever, whatever I like to do. You guys it's not far bowling? away from Dirk. It is not far away from, it, yeah, it's Dirk. Are we good at bowling? I, I'm not particularly good at bowling. I think I'm like a, like, like low 100s. I go on hot streaks. I think the highest I've ever gotten was like a 170. But my strategy is like, I'm going to do a Ron Swanson where I bowl it very hard and right down the middle. Right down the middle. (laughs) I am pretty mid at bowling. I'm happy Uh if I crack 100. I would consider Uh that a good game for me. I'm really there for the vibes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm really there for the nachos mm-hmm. and and the beer and the just yeah. like hanging out. That's kind of why I'm, I'm in your head. Out. In your head, the dream of the bowling alley experience is putting your fingers in bowling holes. Yeah. <laughs> Put my nacho fingers in bowling holes. And then holes. going and grabbing Shut shared up. nachos. Shut up. Uh-huh. And eating and them. And then, and then pouring. putting those fingers back in those bowling ball holes. Uh, yeah. And washing. And doing the, it all again. And washing them down with a, a draft beer out of that pitcher that's never yeah. really clean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Texan Dirk Bowl. Ultimately, we have Alex come yeah. back. I just want to end that conversation. I want to I, I just like, Todd comes to Alex. He does the thing. He gives him the inform. It's yours whether you play or not, but like we want you or whatever. And then, Alan, to your point earlier, like dad comes out and they're supposed to have this like beat and he reveals through a bunch of exposition that him and the mayor, who is Todd's dad, played for the Mighty Apple and they their friendship was ruined and i'm like again who cares like this is not what a stupid storyline of like nonsense and it's all exposition and it doesn't matter even a little bit and then he finishes this by saying like oh and by the way your mom's gonna be here tomorrow and she's gonna bring your grandpa because he's feeling better and i was like who cares like this doesn't (laughs) matter either necessary 80% of this interaction between dad and Alex, who's going through something is unnecessary plot exposition. It would make way more sense if the friend that dad was referring to was one of the, the parallel of one of the original trio. Cause the point of the story is that it was my close friend and the apple broke us up. Not he was my enemy and the apple brought us together. Like the story doesn't parallel the story at all. Well, it doesn't parallel with Todd, right? Like exactly. It, exactly. Like the whole point it, of the dad should be his story parallel. It's like a warning story. Like yeah. don't let don't let this happen to you. Like it should have been Kaylee Cuoco's dad and him were right. were best right. friends and the apple broke them up. So don't let the apple break you and your friends up too. Yeah. And I think that's the goal of it, but like in a so parallel bad. sense, it doesn't work with Todd's dad. Yeah, to your point. Like it's better if it's Ken's dad or Kaylee Cuoco's dad. Right. And you know, speaking of Kaylee Cuoco. Okay. Oh, well, I'm going to go to the wow, You know what? We lasted a long time here. She plays Eliza in this film. She... Her name's Eliza. Mm. But what you may not realize. We're doing this now. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. happening. We, it's happening. Yeah. Lean into it. Great. Uh, you, you lasted a long time, Alls. I did. We've mentioned Kelly Cuoco a few times up until this point. I know. You almost forgot. No, no, no. You just wanted to sit on it. It's a good one. Oh, okay. I wanted to keep you guys in suspense. Oh, Oh. I was in suspense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Cuoco played Maureen McCormick 
in a TV film called Growing Up Brady, which was about making the Brady Bunch. So Marie McCormick is Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. So she played hmm. the That's actress. That's interesting. Um, alongside Adam Brody, who was Barry oh. Williams, who was Greg Brady. Now, I love Adam. Wow, Brady. that's weird. I kind of can see that. Yeah, right? Hmm. Also, yeah. Adam Brody is who I get compared to. I'm I not here to it. say that's accurate or not, but like that's the actor that people are like, Adam Brody. Well, it's probably because of his role as Seth Cohen on the OC. It, that's true. That's true. Seth Cohen is a, he's snarky, he's quick-witted, he's, he's very fun. One of my favorite shows growing up, and he starred alongside Benjamin McKenzie, who played Ryan Atwood from Chino. So it's a mm-hmm. great drama. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. A-plus mm-hmm. stuff there. Uh, but Benjamin McKenzie has been busy playing James Gordon on TV's Gotham recently. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And uh, on Gotham, you can't have the story of, Bat- of Batman without Dr. Thomas Wayne. True. I believe that to be Batman's dad. That you are correct. And, uh, who would, I'm glad you believe. Be- I'm I glad you believe that, that to be his dad. That, yeah. that is his dad. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I know. I know things. Um, <laughs> and uh, yep. you know who plays his dad? Fan favorite. Everybody loves him. Grayson McCouch. Oh. Who? Who you say? Who? Grayson McCouch, the guy who, who played who? the guy who played Gruber in Armageddon. Grayson McCouch. Oh, I was called out last week for only using Owen Wilson. (laughs) And I found a deeper character. Gruber. Gruber. (laughs) We are dipping deep into the Armageddon well. If we have to get to Gruber. Grayson McCouch. I respect the hell out of that. Well, I'm glad because I'm about to tell you about Liv Tyler, who I've definitely used before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, at least you went through Gruber, you know? Yeah. Uh, Liv Tyler, of course, plays Grace in Armageddon, but she, I first learned of Liv Tyler in That Thing You Do, but I'm not here to talk about That Thing You Do. I'm talking about one of my favorite franchises, Lord of the Rings. Of course. She plays Arwen. Arwen, And her love interest... Vigo Mortensen, mm. coincidentally, also my sexual awakening, uh, plays Aragorn <laughs> in that film, and uh, that's, that's a he also line. headlined yeah. in a film called a History of Violence. He did he played Tom, the main character, and in that film was a, a character named Bobby Singer, and Bobby Singer was played by Kyle Schmid, who in this film plays Alex, our How main about character. Who to thunk it? Well done. You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. You well just got done. Armageddon. Armageddon. Okay, where were we? The end. Uh, yes, the end of this film. That's right. We were at the end. Yeah. So we have... We thought you escaped. We have Kaylee Cuoco and crew talking with... Todd looking into the bowling alley as the entire townships of East and West Appleton have gathered for this event. As they're staring in, they have camera crews, they have cheerleaders, cheerleaders in a bowling alley, which is just a wild. There's a marching band. A marching band, which is going to be sportscasters there. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet Lou's there. Sweet Lou, right. With a crescendo rising of orchestral and and horns just blaring. 
You have Alex deliver his line as he triumphantly re-enters the scene, which is very well received. He's like, I'm here, bitches. And like, runs that is back what into he the says. Group. That's exactly what he says. It's kind of like weird. I would like this movie more. <laughs> so they gather together and they do a they do a coin flip to determine which bowling team goes first. I looked this up. That doesn't happen. There are no coin flips in bowling. I, I also looked it up, but I do think that it's interesting. I, at first I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But then I thought to myself, eh, maybe it does. Because like, if you know you only need eight, you might bowl differently. Mm-hmm. Like if you went second, I, I, I could actually see a reason, but I agree. I looked it up to see if they do cold fo- coin flips and bowling as well. They do not. They and do then, not and then our exposition character is sweet Lou who explains over Everything. and over and over again, what you need to understand about God. the bowling match. Like it's right. like, you get this many players and there's a sub, but they probably won't use a sub. Wink, wink. They're definitely going to need a sub and they have to bowl this score, which means if this thing, it like he literally breaks every single next plot point down for you. And what's crazy is that literally this exposition has already been delivered because the mayor delivered this exposition when he came into the bowling alley and said, we just agreed on the terms of the game. Here is how it's going to work and delivers quite literally the exact same thing in exposition. And so it's not just to establish how the next scene's going to go. It is now the second time we've been told how the next scene is going to go because all this movie is, is an audiobook. It is mm-hmm. it, unbelievable. The amount of exposition they give. We have the competition. It is a tight race with a lot of, honestly, these kids should go pro every single They're one of these kids good. on both teams should go pro with the amount of strikes we see bold. And we have, it all comes down to Todd. Todd bowls last. He has to get a spare. Can I say something real quick before we get to that? Why are they the alley cats all of a sudden? Is it just because of the song? Mm -hmm. Could they hear the song the way we could hear the song? Yeah, because right down the middle. They've never once been the alley cats. I guess they're the wild cats, so now they're... The alley cats. The alley cats. Yeah. Because it's a bowling alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they heard the song that went, ooh-ah. I just feel like- Right down the middle. I just feel like it's not like they called themselves the Alley Cats at all, and then all of a sudden it's on their jersey. Well, right, strike, but it's a you see, bowling is a bowling alley. term. Yeah, I got alleys that. Alleys are what you bowl down, and they're the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I, did. I'm, I feel like I'm not explaining it well. Okay, yeah, try again. So- <laughs> There, so there's a sport called bowling. Yeah, and it's a it's a. And these are these are the rules of the game. Rules, <laughs> in case you didn't you hear explain, it the first three times. In could the you movie. explain the rules to me if it was a uh, five by five tournament for right. a school? <laughs> okay, but here here's uh, speaking of the rules, I have an actual problem with the end of this movie. Dude. So we get to the end, and they're like, it's very tight. Alex has to bowl three strikes in a row to keep him in. He does that, and. That's then the kid from East, it's a turkey, that's correct. And then the kid from East Appleton bowls his. And they say, West Appleton is down nine pence and he needs a spare to win, right? So then in the pivotal scene, Todd bowls and he is left with a 7-10 split. And of course, we've seen Todd practicing the 7-10. They, they've, they've used the 7-10 throughout this movie to establish it's a hard shot. Couldn't he just hit one and tie? Yes, Yes, he could. They don't want to tie. But they, they want, want to go. I know they don't want to tie, but like they, 
they say if he doesn't hit the spare, they lose. And that's not true. They just tie. If he hits one, they tie. And there will be a tiebreaker. Like, the, I, the, I walked away being like, they're down nine pins. They don't need, they don't need the spare. Now, but, but if man. they were down 10 pins, they would need the spare. To tie. No, because then they would have bowled one more in the final frame and they it's would have won the game. Yeah, it's a multi. It, they would have gotten the third bowl. This if they were down 10, the math. well, that's fine. I, I got you. If they had been down 10, then they could have bowled the spare to tie and the final, the final bowl to win. But because they're down nine, they don't need the spare. He hits one of those and they're tied and then they go to tiebreaker. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, what it does allow for is it allows for tiny smart girl Dolly to make her appearance and she's she's very confident like we have not seen in this film unless she's throwing out great insults like mr smarty pants and she says i can hit that shot this is the scene i dramatically remember same hard same and on rewatch it's insane stupid <laughs> this scene is crazy painful the next four <laughs> minutes of this movie are legitimately insane <laughs> starting with when she measures the wind in a bowling alley in an indoor facility i was screaming to give you an idea of what was happening inside of our living room at the time i was like why is this tiny smart child Testing the wind in an indoor facility. The air conditioning units in that busted-ass bowling alley are not functional or at best are only half-assed blowing out a gentle fart's worth of wind. You are <laughs> not going to get any sort of change on the bowling ball. <laughs> Why are you measuring the wind? She sticks her finger in it and she spins nacho it finger. around. Her nacho finger. <laughs> nacho right. finger. The one right. with the she most sticks her, her nacho finger in yeah. one of the holes and she spins it around okay, a couple well. times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Molly. <laughs> well, um, that'll be the end of the <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoy the podcast. All right, I'm sorry. I, I will sorry. Start off. <laughs> so good. No, it was so she, funny. She uh, spins the ball around and then lets it go, and it moves yeah. so painfully, slowly. so slow. Oh. The amount of uh, the amount of cuts we get of of slow ball going from left side to the right side of the screen is. Oh. Back oh, to the other man. people. Back to the crowd. Back to the ball. Back to the bowlers. And back then to the they ball. Have back. The fucking... back to Sweet Lou. Back to the bowlers. Back to the ball. Back to this bowlers. Back to the ball. Back to the Sweet Lou. Back oh. to the ball. Back to the. And back then they the have the, the balls to do another freeze frame. Are you That's fucking true. kidding yeah. me? After this whole movie, we're back on a freeze frame. It's been four minutes of watching this bowling ball go excruciatingly slowly crawl down this bowling alley. I also like the the, the camera they put behind the bowling ball. Oh. Not from oh, yeah, above, the nice. one behind the ball, where it's clearly not spinning. Right? Where, where it's traveling down the way, going forward, cut away, spinning. Right? Like, it's everything about it, it's crazy. Everything about this scene is insane. Oh. And then we get a freeze frame where Alex says some unnecessary stuff about, did I want to win? Of course I wanted to win. It was for the Mighty Apple. Pink, 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 freeze frame ends. 
We we hit the seven ten split. It hits. It works. It's great. They rush the alley. They tear down the little machine that resets the pins and take it home. And then, yeah, it's great. I'm just happy that West Appleton wins. Yay. And then Todd has a nice conversation with his dad where he's like, dad, you put too much pressure on me. You know, I like winning, but I like having fun too. Yeah. So, And dad's just okay with that. And dad went to therapy off screen in five minutes and he's That's fine right. with that. And uh, he <sighs> called his better help professional on his cell That's phone. Right. right there. Yeah. That's right. And then the kids decide on the name of the high school. That's right. These I, these five kids. I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Do you think they could have decided on any name yep. for the high school? Because <laughs> I'm pretty impressed with the maturity of the kids to choose Appleton <laughs> Central. I'm a 14-year-old. That's Hershey Squirts now. Like that, that, that is Hershey Squirts High. <laughs> and, and the mascot is the poop emoji. Like, is, that is the name of that high school. <laughs> For all time. Oh, God. <laughs> I liked I liked this interaction where they're trying to like have the mayor have shown growth, right? And so the East Appleton mayor walks over and is like, Well, mayor, you won. He's and he an goes he, and and he says he says, I didn't win. The team won. And the East Appleton mayor goes, yeah, that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same difference. Um, yeah. Yeah, that that's the same thing, man. I I don't know what personal thing you're going through right now, but right. I, we agree. I don't I don't need your bullshit <laughs> right now. What are you naming yeah. school? Just, yeah. just deadpan. That yeah. shit that, hits him in the that's chest. That's the same thing, off. man. I, I I don't I don't know what you're working through, but <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a bad actor, by the way. Yeah. Like, that guy is a not him. Everyone, everyone. Yeah, but the other mayor's like, there's well, a literal, mayor? there's a literal puppet in this movie, Molly. I don't like. <laughs> Impre- but are you not impressed by his? He is quite impressive. Yeah. Uh, no, the the mayor's like, well, mayor, you win, and then he's like, same difference. What's it gonna be? <laughs> like, he's like very big. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. We have this final. Oh, <laughs> so the kids are like, we have a new name. So much resolution happens with jazz music on in these final 30 seconds. But the film ends. Everybody's enjoying their time bowling. Hoo right down the middle. And then you get a great life lesson from oh, yeah. Alex. You get more exposition of a life lesson. <laughs> yep. Not not you should watch this movie and take away the themes of it. <laughs> I'm gonna te- I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what the what the lesson was. And it's a new one. It's settle <laughs> it. If if you've got an issue with somebody, settle it in the alley. And if yeah. you did not know this was a bowling movie, oh yeah, you would think- I, I'm pretty sure he said beat the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah. If you got a problem with Take somebody, back there. beat the shit out of them. Take them <laughs> to the back alley and just clobber them, man. Uh, it is. I I love that from from beginning to end. This movie is like we're going to tell you exactly what's happening, including with the moral lesson. Uh, like we're not going to have you watch these kids interact, see the emotional 
uh, beads, feel a certain way about that and walk away changed. We're going to tell you at the end of the film, here is what this movie was about. In case you didn't get it from the other 18,000 words of dialogue we put throughout it. Wasn't uh. very good, guys. And that is Alley Cat Strikes. Alley Cat Strike, everybody. Um, what is- right down the middle. <laughs> What's your rating, Max? How do you rate this movie? I did like this movie a lot as a kid. It did make me bowl with style. It uh, <laughs> did have a it did have a soundtrack that I enjoyed. But at, on rewatch, there are a lot of things I don't like about this movie. That being said. I did. I didn't want to turn it off, um, which is what I felt about. Don't look under the bed. There were parts of it that I thought were fun to watch, although most of it I didn't like. And boy, is the exposition bad. In general, I think it's not a very good movie, and I'm going to give it a three and a half. Mm, okay, mm. Molly. Um. Yeah, I was kind of thinking right along the same lines there. I think none of the characters are very well developed. I wasn't rooting for or against anyone everyone just kind of played out in front of me like we've said there were too many plots happening at the same time they could have focused on one maybe two of those plot points and developed the characters a little better and i would have liked it more um disney loves a film about an obscure sport and i respect that but i'm gonna give it a i think a three eight for me this movie is below average average is a five for me it's not it's not terrible i'm i'm probably actually going to give it a 4 if for no other reason than i love the music um that soundtrack is really boppy i love jazz and swing uh, you, you know, max you and i know that we bond over that frequently um so i think the soundtrack alone saves it i just have to hope to god i can tune out the dialogue which is just awful just bad let's yeah. go yeah to- yeah. All right, man. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be cool, man. Yeah. 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 Let's go to some uh, user reviews, shall we? There's There are two that I want to highlight. One, the, the first is a two out of 10, and it is titled Gutterball. <laughs> the basic idea is solid. Geeks in a bowling club have to save the school's reputation in a long-held feud. Top jock was signed up. Geeks and jock bicker, then get along. The script is clunky. Some of the acting is dreadful. Some. But one of the worst things is the bowling. People who have never bowled before in their lives are throwing like pros and getting eights or strikes. Not a single gutter ball. The worst thing, though, is the breaching. It's so very everyone can just get along. I expected them to start throwing their arms around each other and singing. Really awful. What you're upset about is the bowling in a movie about bowling. If you think that's bad, buckle up because there is very clearly a pro bowler or wannabe pro bowler who wrote this scathing indictment of a review. I guess this movie didn't aim to perfectly accurately portray the sport of bowling. By the way, I'm going to read this one verbatim because holy cow. But seriously, it could have done a lot better. I did like the school scenes as they're totally on the spot. Students just don't see bowling as a sport anymore. After watching the bowling scenes, I'm thinking, no wonder competitive bowling gets little to no acknowledgement. This movie is totally unrealistic. (laughs) Instead of giving in to the demands from young people, they should be marketing bowling at its most professional level to draw people in that direction and not vice versa. That's the only way to make seriously bowlers. (laughs) 
Sorry, that's, I just really repaid him. That's the only way to make seriously bowlers, which will do a lot of good for this declining sport. <laughs> make seriously bowlers. <laughs> make seriously bowlers? Is that what he said? Yes. It's the only way to make seriously bowlers. <laughs> it's the only way to make seriously bowlers. If they had shown that bowling takes a lot of finesse and skill and endurance and consistency, then maybe those school kids would accept it more from the beginning. Instead, all it talks about is modernizing and making it fun. Putting laser light. God forbid. <laughs> yeah. God forbid we make something fun. I that is a that's a crazy suggestion. Crazy. Because kids love finesse and endurance. Oh, that's yes. right. That's what this user is, is suggesting. Putting laser lights and fog machines and loud music undermines the integrity of real bowling. I sure wouldn't go there. This guy is literally those kids in that bowling ball scene. Like this is exactly what I was talking about. It's gatekeepy. I, I just think they should make seriously bowling great again. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's what this guy sounds oh, like. Oh, God. Mm. All right. Well, that's the pod. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> the only way to make seriously bowlers. <laughs> make seriously bowlers great again. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> We're all lying there. Oh. All right, what's up next? Wow. What's up next for us? Rip Girls. I Rip think girls. it's Rip Girls, yeah. It's Rip Girls. I have never seen Rip Girls. I haven't either. I I'm, don't I'm, know that I have either. It'll be a fun adventure for all of us. Uh, no it's another surfing movie, so hee-hee! <laughs> 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 oh, got, I'm excited about we got, that. Uh, we got, it's a pretty good, like, little run we got going here. We got Rip Girls about surfing, which I, I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think any of us have ever seen. Mm -hmm. Then we got Miracle in Lane 2 featuring Ooh. Frankie Muniz. Based on um, a true story. Based on a true story. Then we got a DCOM icon. Ooh. Stepsister from Planet is. Weird. Oh, yes. An absolute DCOM icon. And then uh, the last one I'll hit is then we get another horse girl movie, uh, Molly. We get Ready to Run after Stepsister I from Planet Weird. I like that Weird, one, so. too. Is Quince yeah. after that? I Quince like is right on, after that. Yeah, Quince like is right after that. I feel like we're on a good streak for me. Well, again, 2000 was a good year because, again, every month we are getting a DCOM. Thank you so much for listening to this absolutely unhinged episode of Zetus Lapidus. If you could leave us a review, rating really helps us out. Make sure to follow us on social media at mammoth underscore club and at mammoth club. And until next time, friends, ooh-wah. Right, right, right down, down the, the middle. middle. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye.